never know what to expect when it's Illinutkers every year. Illinois with the big win over the visiting Rutgers at the State Farm Center earlier today. 69-60. to 60. Welcome into the 3-in-1 podcast. Andy Olson and Brett Barron's with you. And Illinois, parts of the game where it didn't look great. Parts of the game, though, where it looked pretty good. Much more of that inconsistency that we've known from them this year, even though it turns into a nine-point win. Should have been more than that, Brett. Uh, although a couple of baskets down the stretch made it within a one-point or excuse me, a ten-point game. Uh, Coleman Hawkins a big day on offense, but to me the biggest thing, Brett, was the defensive stand that the Illini had in the second half, holding Rutgers without a made field goal for or was it without a point? Without a point. Without a point. Ten minutes. Almost 11 minutes in the second half. Brett, you were there. Did they just turn something on? Like, what? What would, we know they're good at defense, but what was the difference that helped Illinois take the, lead, ult, take the lead and ultimately the win? To me, once again, I thought it was Sincere Harris coming in the game. They kind of fumbled it around the first opening few minutes of that second half and didn't look all that sharp. And I thought it was going to be, you know, a dogfight to the end. And then, all of a sudden, the lid went on the basket for the Scarlet Knights. The defense started to step up. They played with a lot more energy. Felt like the freshmen really combined in there with Ty Rogers and Sear Harris and Jaden Epps. And Epps didn't have a great game offensively, just two for seven from the field. Uh, excuse me. He was three for nine from the field. But I thought that that energy of, of coming in, getting the arena going, it, it just really wasn't the... T- you know, sold-out State Farm Center like we had expected early in that first half. And rightfully so, because they got down 16-8. to Rutgers getting a whole bunch of offensive rebounds. They were getting putbacks, making it look pretty easy. And they had a whole lot more energy than Illinois. And then, for whatever reason, in the first couple of minutes there, Sincere Harris comes in, uh, and and they are able to flip the script and and really just put a hurting on them. I mean, 19-0 run, you just don't see that very often. And I – well – so, a quick note yeah. in the rebounding. I believe it was 14-4 to four Rutgers yeah. to, to start the game, which I mean, is not what we would have anticipated with this Illinois team and the way they've been playing. No, not at all. And they, Rutgers just looked like they wanted it more. And once again, after Tuesday where the Scarlet Knights were on the road at Indiana in a loss, they went like seven, eight minutes in that game in Bloomington without scoring. And it's got to be so deflating for them when they just could not buy a bucket, yeah. and Illinois able to take advantage. Now, there was a point there. It was 60-51, to 51, I believe. And Illinois was on this run, turning a six-point deficit into a nine-point advantage. And certainly that's remarkable, but it was still a little hairy there with about five minutes left. And I, I just was thinking, why aren't they up more? <laughs> Which is maybe a yeah. little bit of an unfair question because of what they were able to do. But, you know, when, when they're only up nine there... With 4:15 left at 60 to 51, Rutgers still had a chance, mm-hmm. and yet I thought it was a growth point for Illinois that they were able to come out and still close it out, even with that, and and they didn't allow it to get you know much closer than that, uh, other than those few buckets at the end, finished at a nine point differential, but they were able to extend it back to a 14 point game uh, there on that Terrence Shannon three late. So I thought there was a lot of growth points for Illinois. I thought the home crowd certainly helped them. Another sellout for the Illini at State Farm Center, and it's a it's a prove-it win. You know, you go out and you beat a good Rutgers team, right? 24th in the country. Uh, Rutgers is on the rise. They beat Purdue in Mackey this year. They have some quality wins, and it's a quad one win for Illinois, and I feel like that's going to stay true. I, I feel like Rutgers is an NCAA tournament team, and this is going to go down as a quality win for the Illini at the end of the year. 
Rutgers with 13 more shots than Illinois had in this game, yet Illinois still made three more than the Scarlet Knights. It just goes to show how tough of a day shooting it was for the visiting Scarlet Knights. I mean, they took 69 shots. Yeah. I mean, that's incredible. It is. And they just did not go down in the second yeah. half. And I think that was the crazy thing. They were 10 for 36 in the second half from the field. I, I mean. Not good. That, that ain't going to do it. And they were 1 for 10 from 3 in that second half. And Coleman Hawkins said it in the post game. He thought their two-point defense was really the difference yeah. in the game for them as they hold them to 20 for 53 on two-point field goals. And to me, they forced them to make tough twos. And that was a huge difference in that game, especially in that second half. Uh, let me do some quick math here, which is dangerous. So it they is. went uh, 9 for 26 on two-point field goals in the second half. Uh, correct. Uh, thank you for validating my math there, mm-hmm. which, you know, mental math. That's what I'm teaching my kids, and yet here we are <laughs> using it on the pod. So, you know, that, that's going to be a recipe for success most of the time. Mm-hmm. And Cliff Amore in foul trouble, I feel like that's another big key and reason that Illinois was able to come out and get the win. And and I think Dane Danger, too, going 7 for 12 against Amore primarily, 15 points, 7 rebounds. We've seen so much growth from him, and and that was positive, too. And Brad Underwood said after the game, that Dane's as confident as anyone that all of this experience playing this season, which is truly his first season of college basketball, yeah. playing in a large role, that he can go out there and play nearly 30 minutes against a team like Rutgers and Cliff Amore, who's one of the best centers in the in the Big Ten, and still able to get that much production really, to me, shows a lot about what Dane was able to do. Dane is such an interesting case because he's a third-year guy, yet... He hasn't played any of those yeah. first two years. I mean, he played like nine so, minutes his first year. Yeah. And then he sat out the second year, and, and now he's here. And Brad has called him the dancing bear. Yeah, and which I like that. I yeah. An, I think that's an apt comparison. I, I do think that's good because he shows his ability to stretch it more than Kofi did. I think he, he can block some shots, which I, I think is also important mm-hmm. in there. Um, and – I just think he provides more versatility than Kofi. I'm not saying he's a better player than Kofi, but I think he's different, and that's a really positive thing for this team because they're so versatile. And Brad said that afterwards as well, that he, that's what makes this team dangerous, is that is that they're versatile. Yeah. Now, that's also what made them struggle, I feel like, because they don't necessarily have like one thing or maybe even two things that they did early in the season that you looked at and said, okay, that's what this team does. Now they're hanging their hat on defense to hold the Rutgers team to 60, you know, like I feel like they're starting to evolve with that to hold the team scoreless for ten minutes. Like those are really positive steps for a squad. Where even in that first half, where they weren't making a ton of shots, you know, where where Illinois was struggling, especially the beginning of that first first ten minutes of the first half, like they had the confidence that they knew their defense would hold them through, and it did, and it, it led them to a win. And I feel like it's a a very very good win for Illinois. The stat of just how dominant their defense is continues to hold up. In Big Ten play, holding teams 69 and below, Illinois is undefeated. 70 points and above, Illinois is 0 for 5. So that's that's the magic number. I do want to say that plus minus is kind of an incomplete stat, I feel like. You get a general feel, but not the complete scope. Sincere Harris with a plus 21 in that category. Just goes back to what you were saying about that energy that the freshmen were bringing off the bench today. Yeah, and I probably sh- I should have included that in my story. That's a really good stat there. Mm-hmm. Sincere in the second half, plus 19. Yeah. Ty Rogers in the second half, plus 14. 
Now, Jaden's rode a little bit. He's still a plus one. But to be plus in that, I think, is really positive. And it goes to show, certainly, about the run there. And Illinois mm-hmm. went on a run. There's nobody in the minus in the second half for Illinois. So, you know, that is a little bit skewed in that sense. But that's a great point to that, Andy, that, you know, they were able to sustain that. And those freshmen were able to bring the energy that was needed to, to spark that run. Yeah. And this, I feel like now puts Illinois in a, in a better conversation about what uh, could be in the postseason. Like you said, probably a quad one win at the end of the year. Um, I believe on the broadcast, they said Illinois is the only team in the country with two top 10 Ken Palm wins away from home. That being UCLA yeah. and Texas. Neither of those were at the other side. They were both neutral side, but still away from home. Uh, so in this went over Rutgers, not in that sort of vein, but like you said, against a really good team. And now they're in that certainly they take care of business. They can be one of those teams that get a double buy. And like, I feel like I've thought, and I feel like we've said a lot seems to be the, what the goal should be from here on out in the regular season. Yeah. I think Purdue's got this on a lock barring some kind yeah. of, you know, miracle for another team that they're going to lose three or four games. I just don't see that happening. And so if that's the case and Purdue does wrap it up, then it – and they could do that, what, two weeks from now? I mean, there's only three weeks yeah, left of the season. They have a three-game lead? Yeah. So if it falls their way and the middle of that Big Ten keeps cannibalizing itself, yeah. which it's done, then you know Purdue could have this thing wrapped up. Then it becomes, okay, who's two for two through four mm-hmm. to get that double bye? And, and I just think, especially this year with as middled as it is – that is going to be so huge yeah. because you're going to get if you're if you're five through nine, let's say, you're going to get you know a, a really really good team in that first game most likely you yeah. know, um, and especially in that second game where it's just going to be brutal in that sense. So uh, if Big Ten title is out of the equation, which I feel like most fans have moved on from that, then it's how consistent can you be? defensively even when you're not making shots to be able to win games and and I feel like this is what it was and and it's a big compliment to Illinois to be able to come out and and put that kind of performance on tape that yes you can have those moments that you can hold the team scoreless for 10 minutes you can go on a 19-0 run against a really quality team like Rutgers and and just to have that in the mindset I feel like is is a lot of confidence for this team. And Coleman Hawkins, good offensive day for him, but I feel like he's shown that, what you were talking about, the consistency on all sides of the ball, especially on defense, even if the offensive side is not going for him. Yeah, and he's a guy that we've talked about at length, just drives you nuts sometimes because of what he does. He gets a technical for hanging on the rim, you know, And, and then at the same point he does things that no one else on the court can do. You know, and Brad called him elite multiple times today. The elite counter, very high. It was for, going today for Brad in the post game, as it usually is. But <laughs> you know, I think that's really positive. And the other thing too is, you know, when Matthew Meyer doesn't make a shot in the first half, wow. when they were a combined one for eight in that first twenty minutes from your two best players in Matthew Meyer and Terrence Shannon Jr., there's other guys that can lead you to a win. You know, and we haven't seen that from Illinois by and large the last couple three years it's either if I was off yeah. it probably wasn't a good night if Kofi was off it probably wasn't a good night and if both of those guys were off when they were on the same team together Illinois just wasn't winning and, and that was one of those things where where's that depth at and so we saw that today uh, speaking of depth Luke Goody plays five and a half minutes 
took one shot. It was a minus one in the plus minus if we want to go just like what he did. Just a nice run Look, out. He looked confident to me. Get him out there for five, six minutes. Yeah. See what he can do Tuesday at Penn State. You kind of build that up. Get him to that 10, 11, 12-minute stretch by the time you get to the Big Ten tournament. And then see where it goes from there and see what his shot can do. The one shot he did put up did not look very good. No. Barely caught rim. Uh, but I think that'll come. And, and you could tell just being there on the court, Andy, the guys fed around yeah. Luke Goody being out there. Mm-hmm. He was very vocal. He was the, ty- the, the type of leader that we've heard the team talk about. Mm-hmm. And just kind of following him and, and keeping an eye on him when he was on the court. You could tell the guys kind of gravitated like, hey, Luke's back. He got a big standing ovation when he did make his appearance. And it was just what, four or five minutes into that first half that he, yeah. he was in there. So Brad went to him pretty quick. And, uh, you know, we'll see how it goes. Luke, we had talked maybe taking RJ's minutes, and RJ Melendez did yeah. not play, Brad said, after the game. That's a violation of team rules, suspension. Say how long? For RJ did not say how long, did not go into detail about what that was. So we'll see if he plays on Tuesday or next week. But that's not positive news no. for RJ, who has really struggled here the last well, this whole season, yeah. but primarily the last six to eight weeks has not been the R.J. Melendez that many people thought he would be going into this year. And Brad stuck by him. He's He's been trying to get him going, yeah. has been talking him up in media. Clearly he still sees something there, but something is, is not right. So we'll see how that will be an impact on Tuesday against Penn State. It's a rematch game, Brad. Is Jalen Pickett going to have his way again? Man, that was a really, really bitter pill to swallow for Alana Nation when Penn State came in here and punked them in yeah. December. We'll see. I mean, look, Penn State's not the toughest place to play yeah. in the Big Ten. The Bryce Jordan Center uh, is really full. But you got to go out on the road, and you got to pick up a win against another tough team. And, and, you know, can they do that? We'll see Penn State coming off a loss. Lost to Maryland today on Saturday. And... It, you know, one of those games where if, if you win it, you feel pretty dang good that maybe you stole one on the road and, and you know, you were able mm-hmm. to go beat a middle-of-the-pack Penn State team. If you lose, it's a road loss. But the problem is you're going to Indiana next Saturday, a week yeah. from today, and that is going to be a, a really, really juggernaut high-level game. And you already lost to Indiana once. So if you're looking at tiebreakers for that double bye, losing to Indiana twice would not be in your mm-hmm. favor there. And even Penn State, if they were able to make a run there, sure. you know, that that could go for seeding. And let's say they ended up twelve and eight and the both teams were twelve and eight or eleven and nine, you know, how that would play out if, if you did lose one of those seedings because you lost to Penn State twice would be tough. Well, we'll see how it plays out. Uh Pickett had a field day the last time. Yeah, they're gonna, I mean they're gonna have to change defensively what they did because <laughs> yes. they didn't do much against yes. them back in Correct. December. Uh, we'll see. It's a different Illini team, I feel like, though, since then. No doubt. Um, yeah. So we'll see if that has any impact on the game. That is a 6 p.m. tip-off for that one coming Tuesday. That'll be the next time we talk to you on the WCIA 3-in-1 podcast. Brett, I'm sure it was fun getting back out to the State Farm. Yeah, it was. It was good to be there and a good crowd. Another sellout for the Illini, man. It seems like they just keep packing them in there. And imagine yeah. that. you got a good basketball team and – People come. Sold out crowds, 15,000 plus today, 15,544, the sellout number for the Illini. And a rare Saturday game, Saturday afternoon. We like so that. That was good. Like a Saturday afternoon game. Yeah, it was fun. Not it bad was, at uh, all. 
great time for all, especially for Alina Nation coming out there and picking up the win. Plenty of time to uh, get to your favorite establishment tonight. Yes, exactly. And, even, and, and now only three home games left. I that's believe. right. You've got next, what would not be this coming Monday, but the following Monday, Minnesota. Minnesota. You've got Northwestern on that Thursday mm-hmm. at home. And then the following Thursday is Michigan, Michigan. And that's it. That's it. Only three more times at State Farm Center this year. It's gone by quick. We are, oh, I'm trying to do quick math, 65% do of the way Woo. done with Big Ten play. Wild. That were 17 and hard. 7, 8 and 5 in the Big Ten. It's a good mark. Considering the 0-3 start. Yeah, I mean, think about that. Not you know? bad at all. All right, Brett, let's wrap this one up. We will talk to you, the listener, again on Tuesday after the game against Penn State. Bryce Bement catching the flight out there. Should be a fun one. We'll see if Illinois can get the Nittany Lions back for what they did earlier this season back in December. For Brett, I'm Andy. Illinois wins this one 69-60. They improved to 8-5 on the Big Ten season. It was a fun one, and we will talk to you after the next one. Oh, 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 oh.